Uh, now that I spent all that time, James, getting the headphones together for that Discord session that we just did, that we'll talk about in a moment. Discord session? We could both have headphones all the time. Is that something you would be interested in? I don't know. I like uh, I like to be in the moment. I don't like to, you know, wear headphones. I like to just listen to the world around me, Nick. Are you going to say the thing I don't want you to say? I'm always going to say the thing you don't want me to say, baby. I thought you were going to say... I thought you were going to say, why don't we talk anymore? We are talking though, Nick. I know. And like, well, speaking, speaking of talking, we just talked to Aussies and Dragons. Yeah, we, uh, we've we just uh, made a little cameo on this week's episode of Aussies and Dragons. It's going to go up on Thursday, so if you're listening to this episode before Thursday, wait till Thursday and then download our episode. Yeah. Or download another one of their episodes and listen, because Dungeons and Dragons, as it turns out, pretty fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun playing it. As people may have grown to expect from me, I was very trepidatious about whether or not I would enjoy it. It's, you know, content after all. Yep. But as it turns out, I had a really nice time. Yeah, so look out for the this week's episode of Aussies and Dragons, starring your friends, James and Nick. That's from us. From that podcast you're listening to right now. I just discovered the volume problem. This slider here was down. Okay, that's fine. Aussies and Dragons. Aussies and Dragons. Pods in the Key of Springfield. Don't forget to subscribe. To both of those things. Podcasts. And now, over to Nick and James for the rest of the episode. In Springfield. Springfield. Oh, we have to 49. Yeah. So the next one's 50. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a nice little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna um uh raise my bat to the to the audience. That's okay. A cricket reference. Yep, I can see. Yep. Sure. I'm gonna raise the bat. Okay, and what is cricket? Cricket is a wonderful sport. Okay. Played by in this country, some people who are complete drips. But you know <laughs> like Booney. Oh no, Booney's I mean Booney's a national hero. You don't go besmirching Booney. Who are the who are the cricket the cricket men? There's uh, there's Booney. There's uh, Ricky Ponting. Is he a cricket man? I mean, you're talking historical cricket men. Um, yeah, Ponting hasn't played for fifteen years. What about Donald Bradman? Was he up to these days? Donald Bradman's very dead. Yep. Um, he died. I'm gonna say two thousand and. Three or four, I reckon. Yep, okay. And his average was what, 99.95? Yeah, 90, 0.5 or 0.6. Okay, so now that we've explained cricket pretty thoroughly, uh, yes. can we get back onto The Simpsons, Nick? Sure. So today we're looking at Treehouse IV, which comes from Season 5 of The Simpsons. Yep, Treehouse of Horror IV, Intravenous de Milo. Very, very good. Yes. Um, of course, uh, it's called this because this is one of the episodes of Treehouse of Horror that has the ivy vines growing on it. You know, it's part yep. of the Treehouse of Horror Ivy League. And it's also an episode so good that I'd like to plug it directly into my veins. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And take it intravenously. <laughs> intravenously, yes. <laughs> um, cool. So first thing I wanted to point out is the uh, tombstones at the start of this one. Oh, the tombstones. So, okay, so... Just go slowly, Nick, because these are a little spooky and I don't want right. to freak anyone out. I mean, look.
look, I'm not here to uh, desecrate the dead or besmirch Booney. I'm going to see how many of those I can come up with throughout the course of this episode. I'm not here to hate on Homer or desecrate the dead or besmirch Booney. Um, uh, uh, alliterative sledging is apparently my new favourite. That's going to be the theme of today's podcast. Um, so we've got Elvis. Accept yes. it. Now... At first, I thought this was taking uh, a shot at people who have the conspiracies that Elvis Presley is still alive. But of course, that's not how tombstones work. This is just the tombstone of someone whose first name was Elvis, whose surname Surname was accepted. Um, Which, as far as I can tell, there's no cultural relevance there. Who is is Mr. Accepted? (laughs) That's a good question. Well, uh... I don't know, maybe the Acceptit family is one of the families sort of in the background of The Simpsons that we don't know so well. One of the ones pulling the strings. Or is it actually... First name Elvis, middle name Accept, surname It. Oh, you think it's a reference to the clown Pennywise from Stephen King's It? Is, is Pennywise's last name It? <laughs> Hello, my name's It. Pennywise It. I don't think that's the etymology of that character. I'm sorry, uh, It was my father. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me It. Mr. It was my father. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't understand who... Uh, Elvis Acceptus is. Sure. So that's strange. There was also a tombstone for a balanced budget. A balanced budget. Oh, getting a bit political. A bit too political for my taste. What do you mean? Well, you know. Isn't that. But, but isn't this just the tombstone of someone who died in Springfield whose name was a balanced budget? You, well, maybe they died because of the economic downturn. The economic downturn. <laughs> the economic downturn, yeah. Fuck. Okay. Ironic considering their name. Mm. And then up next we had um, uh, Mr. or Miss Subtle Political Satire. Subtle Political Satire. Now, if you're Mr. and Mrs. Political Satire, don't call your kid subtle. (laughs) I've always said if your surname is a noun, don't give your child a name which is an adjective. I'm enjoying this, Nick. Maybe the least subtle bet ever performed on a podcast. Can I tell you my favourite example of... I think I may have done this on the podcast before, actually. My my favourite example of uh, noun for a surname and badly chosen adjective for a first name. Sure. There was an American swimmer who competed in the Sydney 2000 Olympics. <clears throat> her surname was Hyman and her first name was Misty. Misty Hyman. Don't care for that name. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, an unfortunate... And series then, of words. And then the final tombstone was for TV violence. And then that tombstone was uh, riddled with bullets from a Tommy gun or similar. So Terrence Vincent violence. Look, uh, somebody was out for this guy. Exactly. It's. I mean, so we, we can assume from this that Terrence Vincent violence was some kind of gangsterman. Mm. Um, and curiously, he was so well regarded amongst his gangsterman peers that they thought, it's not enough that he's dead, we need to do a drive-by of his tombstone. Yeah, which has been filled with blood, mysteriously. We, yeah, the tombstone was filled with blood. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that was like part of his, uh, you know, they were discussing before he died. Why would you lie before you die, see? What are your wishes for the afterlife? I fill my tombstone with blood. So, you know. Oh, and what can you tell me about Harvey Esquela? <laughs> Excellent. Relevant again. <laughs> you know, I'm so happy that our most bullshit niche <laughs> joke of combining Kirk Van Houten and John from Red John Dead Marston, Redem- yeah. Yeah, John Marston, author yeah. of Tomorrow When the War Began, <laughs> um, uh, from Red Dead Redemption, 
um, combining those voices, which we did five years ago, and it was outdated. Unrelated to anything. <laughs> Unrelated to anything. And now, finally, the name Javier Escuela is back in yeah. pop culture. So thoughtful of them to make a prequel to Red Dead Redemption with all the characters coming back. So thoughtful. Yeah. Every time I'm out on a mission with Javier Escuela, I'm thinking, uh, what can you tell me about Javier Escuela? Javier, what have I told you about writing on the walls? <laughs> It's just gorgeous. Perfect. So this treehouse episode is the one that's framed through the the um, the framework. Framed through the framework. <laughs> it's going to be a good recording. This is the one of the art gallery yes. where we have little Bart little buddy in his boy. little art gallery. A B apostrophe A R T gallery. A art gallery. Yes, it's a art gallery. And he's dressed up as Rod Serling from the Twilight Zone. He's doing a Rod Serling bed. Yes, without quite the. I don't know. Not quite, it's not quite as good as a selling monologue, but it's good. It's fun. Yes. He's a little body boy. Can I quickly run through? I've got a list here of the paintings that are specifically referenced. I feel like if I was listening sure. to a podcast, I'd want to know what the paintings were because I've never known them until now. Absolutely. Before you do that, though, I would sure. like to point out, you know, we got the little opening credits telling us who was involved oh, in yes, making yes, this yes, episode. Yes. I just want to point out that Matt Groening says, Matt, Mr. Spooky Groening. Mr. Spooky. And, look, that was a little scary for me, frankly. I was a little turned off by that. Interesting. It's a little too, little too scary. Do we do we comment on um, one of the horrible names that someone had in the most recent Treehouse of Horror? Uh, I'm unaware of what this is, but sure. Uh, I, I forget who it was in the team. It may have been Matt, or it may have been someone else. But someone had their name as like first name scarier than Kavanaugh, last name. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's not great. But then one of them, um, Molly M- Maggie Roswell. Yeah, it was Maggie Murderino Roswell. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. A reference to Pods of the Key of Springfield. <laughs> yeah, that one episode of My Favourite Murder where I'm technically in the audience, so I like to count myself as a yes, special guest. a special guest. Yeah. Um, cool, so I'm just going to quickly run through the paintings because okay. I find this interesting. Okay. So, uh, in I think these are in the order that they appear in the thing. Bart goes past a version of... Sorry, Lisa in a version of The Scream. Marge's shadow on the wall, bracket, in the style of De, of De Chirico. De Chirico. Uh, Homer, which is in the style of Van Gogh's self-portrait. Maggie with melted pacifiers, which is uh, a is take that, uh, on... What's his face? Salvador, uh, Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali, yes. Persistence of memory. Thank you, PlayStation. Thank you, PlayStation. Um, uh, Lisa playing sax, which is in the style of Picasso's Three Musicians. Homer chasing Bart, which is Escher's um, ascending and descending the, the never-ending looping staircase thing. Uh, and they've listed Picasso's three musicians again. In the final story, Bart goes past a self-portrait of him with an apple for a head, which is uh, Magritte. Mm. Um, Magritte's self-portrait. And then the dog's playing <clears throat> poker picture. So I guess it was just too hard for them to find a single piece of art by a woman. Good <laughs> good question. Yeah. That's a very good point. Matt Groening, if you're out there and would like to respond, uh, mm. our email address is podsinthekeyofspringfield at gmail.com. Mm. Uh, Al Jean, uh, don't worry about it. Mm. Don't worry about it, Al. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we get three segments in this Treehouse of Horror, mm. as we often do in should, this Treehouse of Horror. Should we point out that we're doing that thing where we only do, like this episode's only going to be on the Treehouse? Yeah, sure. I think sure. we just did. Okay, we just did and that. And you just said the thing. Excellent. And people will hear them like, oh, they're only doing one, are they? Oh, okay. That's an impression of uh, one of our listeners. I don't oh. know which one yet. Gary. <laughs> if that was you, write in. Oh, wouldn't that be <laughs> Let amazing? us know. Oh, I better write in and let them know. 
He's just listening on a bus just saying all this out loud. <laughs> I love to imagine the idea of someone with that voice listening to this podcast, sitting on a bus, and then their eyes just go wide and they just stare off into the middle distance and he's like, oh, they know I'm listening. <laughs> They're in my head now. Anyway. So we get The Devil and Homer Simpson, which is, of course, a broad parody of The Devil and Daniel Webster, a movie, I think, that neither of us have seen, I assume. No, I haven't seen it. But um, this is funny because I was watching The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I think is the name of the show I was watching. This oh, new, is that the, the, the reboot? Yeah, this weird Sabrina the Teenage Witch thing by the yeah. people behind Riverdale, the one that, like, uh, you know, tries very hard to be woke and progressive, but also finds, like, every excuse possible to strip down this ostensibly 16-year-old character to oh. very little clothing. Anyway. What? And uh, <laughs> the, the most recent episode of that that I watched... Daniel Webster appears as a character in the show as a lawyer who made a deal with the devil so that he would be the greatest lawyer imaginable, but he would only ever defend uh, mostly miscreants who, you know, deserved the punishments. You know, they deserve to be found guilty, but he's the greatest lawyer of all time and he gets them all off and it's his curse. And I thought that was strange. I've never seen the devil versus Daniel Webster and Daniel Webster or whatever. It seemed like an odd thing to me. That is strange. Um, did you ever play the Sabrina the Teenage Witch point and click um, uh, um, video game from like 1996? I'm afraid I didn't, but please tell me you did and you have anecdotes. Yeah, I did. Um, it, <laughs> Wonderful. I seem to. So was it, that with like Melissa Joan Hart? Was it? Was it the, was, but yeah. I don't think she did the voicing for the video game. Okay. But weirdly, they did have. So um, uh, Las Vegas magicians Penn and Teller were recurring characters on, or maybe it was just Penn actually. <coughs> yeah, it was just Penn, um, Penn Gillette, who was a recurring character on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He did some voiceover in the video game. He was like some big wizard um, and, and came in and he's like... He'd probably be like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> bullshit! Um, and here's this bastard! That kind of stuff, you know? I've never done a Penn Gillette before, but that was alright. Yeah. Um, uh, you just say the word bullshit a lot. And, uh, yeah, the game was okay. It was one of those, like, you know, collect potions, point and click objects, see if you can interact with them. It was pretty terrible. Okay, collect potions? Is that a normal part of a point and click adventure? I think so. Okay. Wasn't, wasn't um, uh, Monkey Island? That was mostly about potions. Yeah, you collect a bunch of potions and then you turn people into monkeys. Yeah. That's why and, it was Monkey Island. And as far as I can tell, um, Monkey Island and The Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch... Similar cultural milestones as far as ga- as far as video game his- history goes. Yeah, it's uh, Guybrush, Threepwood, and Salem the Cat. Yeah, <laughs> generally very, listed next to each other. Very good. Sa- <laughs> Salem the sassy little cat. Yeah, okay. he doesn't talk in this new one. Oh, that's interesting. It's just a black cat wandering around going. It's mm. regular old cat. Well, I mean, I regular think, old sourpuss. I think that's very. Um, that's very. What's the word I'm going to look for here? Um, that's very English centric of you to say that he's not talking. He, you clearly made a noise. He's talking in cat, whatever language his mother tongue is. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, I think you're being a little bit narrow there in your world. Na- well, I'd like to apologize to all the cats out there and the cat people who, of course, saved RKO, uh, RKO after Susan Kane bombed. Oh, excellent. I'd yeah. also like to uh, apologise to the Love Cats, uh, my least favourite song by The Cure. Yep, and uh, Cat Dennings, if you are out there, we'd love to have you on the podcast. I think you were on The Simpsons once. Sure. Who's Cat Dennings? Uh, she's an actress. Oh, excellent. On the television. Oh, on the television. Maybe she can tell us about Javier Escuela. Pa- I would hope so. 
Speaking of um, uh, the cat people um, saving the studio after Citizen Kane. Yes. Nice little reference to War of the Worlds. There when is. Marge yes. says, this is really scary, but you should tell people to go listen to the War of the Worlds. Maybe they prefer that. The joke being that people found the War of the Worlds really scary. Yeah. The joke being, Citizen Kane, good movie. Orson Welles. Yeah, you're right. Ends Welles. You're right. It is a joke to say that Citizen Kane's a good movie. Yeah, fucked. Orson Welles, uh, that film we talked about in the Citizen Kane episode is out yesterday on Netflix. Uh, what? The, uh, you know, that one that he made in the 70s that just got finished and released? That just came out. Oh, Maybe I... we should watch it right now. Um, nope, 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 no, no, no. We're recording <laughs> an episode of this. Wait, are we? Yes, we are. Oh, shit. Okay, well, we should carry on then. You very performatively looked up at the screen that's got the recording interface on <laughs> yes, it. Yes, I did. In a way that I feel like I had to make the listeners know that that's what you did. Now, there was a... There's this Twitter account that I've got the Pods account following... That uh, it does bracketing for different Simpsons episodes to try to figure out which one people like the best. And they recently oh, sure. did a Treehouse of Horror one. Sure. And The Devil and Homer Simpson, I believe, came third, essentially. Oh, so it they lost did... out to Time and Punishment going into the finals, where it was the, the Shinning versus Time and Punishment. So they did um, segment by segment bracketing. Yes. Yes, okay, cool. So, uh, of course, next season we will get both of those segments yes uh but the devil and homer simpson came basically third i would say it is the second best segment out of this group of three so i wouldn't quite hmm. put it up that high but uh very good very sure. good stuff very fun let's talk about it let's at the start we get this uh this little scene of homer imagining some sort of fashion show but it's donuts yeah running up and down the catwalk yeah donuts with legs yes um which is of course my big fetish uh interesting <laughs> yeah um, big thing to admit during the podcast but there it is mm. uh so he imagines this donut and he says pure genius and they've got a very elastic animation on mm. homer in this one this is the thing i'm really noticing about season five is that the animation on home in particular is more elastic than it was before. He stretches and he morphs and uh, yeah, like a like a Stretch Armstrong doll. Yes. Did you ever have a Stretch Armstrong doll? I don't think I did. I had one and I stretched it too much and the arms what? broke and what? like uh, the stuff inside the stretches all spilled out. It was pretty pretty gross. Oh, that does sound. It's like gross. a glucosey mess. <laughs> Jesus, can, can you still buy Stretch Armstrongs? I am not sure. I all haven't right. seen one for a while. I don't yeah. know if kids are all about that stretch life anymore. Stretch life. Yeah. Oh, um, but, uh, and yet, you know, with crowdfunding and stuff, stretch goals, big thing. Yeah. So maybe it's just, you know, fund my little Kickstarter to build a Raspberry Pi based alarm clock. <laughs> and if I get to this certain amount, I'll get a Stretch Armstrong. That's Do you think in like goal. the Stretch Armstrong universe, when a bunch of them like hang out together and post pictures on Instagram, they post stretch goals? Oh, <laughs> squad goals. Squad goals. I fucking <laughs> hope so. Uh, I started saying that. I'm like, oh, I really like this joke. Let's see if it's actually any good. Though. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm in, I am into it. Ha! Huh, so, so this episode is about, of course, a court case. Yes, and you are a lawyer, man. I've so got, I'd like to get—I'd like got, to get some of your perspective on yeah. uh, the devil v. Homer Simpson. I've got a few things to say about this, so we'll get to it in a moment. Oh, <laughs> we, oh. we, we got some stuff to say before we get to the court case. We need to set up all the other shit. How's the fucking tease? We want to talk about Flanders being a demon. Yes, devil Ned. Yes, 
Uh, Flanders appears as the devil. Homer wants a donor, doesn't have a donor, makes a deal with the devil. Flanders says it's always the one you least suspect. Mm. <clears throat> Which has me thinking, in our universe where mm. we live, mm. who is the devil then? Who is the one you would least suspect? I don't think we can answer that because for it to be truly the one that we least expect, I think that it cannot be a good celebrity because they are too high in the echelons of who we would expect. It is, we don't have the information to answer it because the person that we least expect is going to be a librarian in fucking Maryland, right? (laughs) Or it's going to be a car insurance salesperson in Birmingham. Like, it's going to be someone who is so entirely forgettable and unknown as an entity that we can't know them. Okay, so let's, uh, look. Have you ever seen The Omen or The Omen 2 or The Omen 3? The Omen films about The Omen? No, I haven't seen any of the films about The Omen. Okay, well... Is is it about the men who built the O-Barn? The express bus passageway through Adelaide? I went on the O-Barn the other day, hadn't been on in a while. Yeah, really? Nice little, you know, that new tunnel extension that was probably very unnecessary. It takes mm. maybe a minute off the trip, but you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I, oh, but it, mm-hmm. I imagine it would take more off the trip in really shitty peak hour times though. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it also means that like those parklands can't be used for what they were used for before. There's, you know, there's been some, yeah, there some shakeups that. there. Yeah. I don't know if it was worth it, but anyway, uh, devils and demons. Let's talk about uh, ghouls. Do you know why the parklands around the Adelaide CBD are a mile wide? Why? To protect from cannon fire. When the city of Adelaide was being planned, uh, they decided to keep about a mile around the CBD, which then what what we now call the the CBD was actually the entire city then. Mm. Uh, And they kept a mile completely open and flat so that they could see approaching... Uh, uh, armies, basically. Oh, that's interesting. Um, because a cannon wouldn't be able to fire over a mile, so they'd have to come into the clearing, and then you'd be able to see them and be like, Oi! Oh, there's a fucking cannon over there, mate! Mamma mia! And now we got these nice park lines right near my house that I can walk through and have yeah, a nice little time in. Walk through them, yeah. So the omen. The omen. Okay, so in the omen, uh, devil's got a kid, kids wandering around, you know, and uh, eventually the child rises to political power. I think in, by the third one, he's like a, he might be like the prime minister of England or the president or some shit. And sure. uh, the whole point is that he's like this unassuming sort of likable guy. Nobody realizes he's the devil. Mm. Uh, even though, you know, there's a lot of scenes of him doing evil shit, you know, nobody, nobody sees it. So I think it's just, it's not necessarily somebody who seems like super nice, just somebody kind of unassuming. Just, yeah. Uh, and I suppose that, that that's where I was going, is that it's someone unassuming, but to the if it is the person you least expect, <clears throat> then it's such an unassuming person that they're not in our sphere that we can't say who it would be. Okay, but I reckon it's Tom Hanks. That's my vote. Tom Hanks, if you're out there and you would like to assure us that you are not the Lord of Darkness... Tom Hanks. Please write in. Hmm. Let us know... That you are not the devil, and you know, we'll believe you. Well, from what I understand of the cultural references to one of his films, he does have the magical powers to make a, a, a netball come to life. He does, yeah. Wilson. So, yeah, so maybe um, so maybe, maybe he does have magical devil powers. Huh. I mean, that film was a documentary. And right. events in it did occur in real time. That is indeed my understanding. You know, when I first heard about that film, I thought it was going to be uh, a, a film about fishing tips. Uh, see, what you want to do is you want to cast away from where you're standing. <laughs> cast away. Yeah, okay, good. Good yeah. bet. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it wasn't about fishing. It was uh, about demonic powers. <laughs> exactly, and <laughs> demonic possessions. Yeah. So, um, you, know, the, you know when uh, the devil appears in the kitchen? Yeah. He says, hey, Bart. Bart says, hey. Yep. Yeah, I was telling you last night, I was having a hard time with sleep. Yes. I woke up very early this morning, and I was thinking about this episode, knowing we were going to watch it today. Yeah. And in my head, I started imagining that scene from Cape Fear, where uh, they're grilling uh, Bob at his parole hearing. And I imagine him saying, what about that tattoo on your chest? Doesn't it say, hey, Bart, hey? Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Lying in bed, thinking, oh, that's good, that's funny. <laughs> I kind of woke up, I thought, no, that's not anything, though. But should I get a Hey Bart Hey tattoo? I think you should get a Hey Bart Hey tattoo. I think at least somebody out there should. Mm. One of our listeners, if you'd like to get... Actually, I should not encourage people to get tattoos based on this podcast. Why not? Well, what if it turns out one of us is an asshole at some point and they'd live to regret it? What if we milkshake duck ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want to rule out the possibility that I'll just turn mean at 40 or something. I don't think you will. You seem like a very kind-hearted person. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, the the whole scene in hell is very nice. A lot of nice animation. A lot of, you know, home again chopped up. Donuts getting fed. Yeah, so just before we get to Homer in hell. Yes. Um, I think Devil Ned needs a better contract lawyer. Okay. I can't see any reason why the contract for owners... I, I can't see why the transfer of Homer's soul has to happen on completion of the donut. Ned's part of the deal is, I'm going to give you this donut. Yep. He gave Homer the donut. Transfer of soul should happen at that point. Yeah. The, the idea that Homer can control the timing <coughs> of his... Uh, uh, he can control the timing of holding up his end of the bargain when he is able to perform the action that's required is fucking bizarre. Well, isn't the idea that he essentially agreed to sell to the devil a something that wasn't actually in his possession? Well, that that's what the, the court case ends up turning on. Yeah. Um, which is, yes, he didn't have good title to that soul because he'd already given it away previously. Yeah. Um, but also... Souls don't exist. Grow up, you fucking idiot. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just the, the the timing of that contract makes no sense because, of course, you're not going to eat the last mouthful of the donut if the transfer of your soul is contingent on the completion of the donut. But mm. the completion is not the important part. The supply is the important part. Mm. Imagine, imagine if you went to buy a box of cereal and then your local Woolworths or Coles or whatever said, "That's fine. You can pay us when you finish the box of cereal." That's not how contracts work work you give them the money they give you the cereal you say thank you ma'am and you walk away hmm, but having said that i listen to the podcast cereal and i always stop before the season finale <laughs> so that i don't have to which pay is, for which it which is why you haven't had to pay for it yeah. exactly yeah. um sarah Koenig, if you are out there we'd love to have you on the podcast or uh i don't know why but you know sure. it'd be good and then the other bit that confuses me yep. is that when homer does go eat the other bit of the the, the last bit of the donut Thereby sealing the contract. They're, yeah, thereby completing the weird fucking timeline of this contract. Lisa comes in and says, wait a minute, shouldn't he get a fair trial? Fucking why? Where's the <laughs> dispute? Ned uphold... Sorry, Devil Ned upheld his end of the bargain. Homer has to uphold his end of the bargain. There's no actual dispute there as to the facts because at no point when Lisa's saying, doesn't he deserve a fair trial? No one says Homer doesn't have good title to his soul. Hmm. She just, it's the family saying, well, we don't want this to happen. 
Well, you don't go straight to a fair trial because you don't want it to happen. Because at the time the contract was made, there was mutual agreement from Homer and Ned to the terms. There was an intent to create legal relations because the evidence by signing the document. And there was consideration, which was the donut. Homer has no option left other than specific performance of his end of the bargain, which means handing over his fucking soul. Well, without, you know, knowing all the legal mumbo-jumbo of this, is is it not on Homer to... You know, take this to court himself to take this matter to yeah. like a legal professional, and yeah, like it's not up to the devil to say, "Oh yes, okay, well, I will start this court case." Yes, totally, yeah, it's, exactly. It's completely crazy, and I think if if they could have allayed all of my frustration with this <laughs> with one very short, simple, simple little scene, where if you imagine Ned. Pulls out. So imagine like a car registration slip, right? Yep. Like if you're a, a document that. So if I was selling you a car, there's a little document that you and I both sign where we confirm title of the cars being transferred from my name to your name. They should have had that, but for the soul. And then Homer, uh, Devil Ned gets out, pulls a manila folder out, goes looking through, can't find it. And yep. then we go to a trial to find out where Homer's soul is and why it's not in the. Why we can't find sure, the registration okay, yeah. papers. But the fact that it's like, okay, well, Homer, now you've got to uphold your end of the bargain. Wait a minute. Doesn't he have a right to a fair trial? On what <laughs> fucking basis? No one's raised a complaint yet. <laughs> anyway. I, Boy, I, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. I got more into that than I thought I was going to. <laughs> but it's just it's just this weird... Because I actually, I actually really like the way that the case turns on the fact that Homer has already given away his soul. That's a really clever little thing. Yeah, and it's sweet and nice as well. It's, it's sweet and nice. Yeah. But I just think it's such a, uh, such a left turn to get us there that isn't actually explained properly. Um, it, it irks me. James, and, I find it irksome. <clears throat> well, in terms of uh, Ned getting to choose the jury, there'd usually be a bit more mediation and discussion on that as well, wouldn't there? Yeah, yeah, there would be. Like, I mean, to, to be fair, I, <laughs> in the heightened world of The Simpsons, that does fall on <laughs> Lionel Hutz because he did kind of agree that that was going to be the case. But normally, that's not how picking that's a jury... a verbal would. agreement, though, wasn't it? He... Yeah, but verbal agreements can be binding. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess there was a judge there to cite it and everything. Well, I don't know. I feel like there should be taxis backsies or something like that. Yes, very good legal term. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Latin for take back. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to refer to the case of taxis versus backsies. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, in Australia, we would say taxis and backsies. We don't say versus. But yeah, okay. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. And then the last point I'll make this chair be high, says I. One of my favourite lines. I love the sincerity with which... Uh, is it Blackbeard? Yes. I love the sincerity with which Blackbeard says that. Mm. Well, like, he puts his hand to his chest on says I and looks yes. right in the eyes. Like, <laughs> this is a man of integrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to know, I'm speaking from the fucking place of truth right now. Integrity and debauchery. Um... Well, actually, no, sorry. I do have one more uh, thing to say about... Uh, all whole... of your notes about this segment, by the way. Yeah, they no, full... Oh, shit, you have nearly two pages. Nearly. Um, why did Devil Ned agree to the fair trial when he's just going to fuck Homer over with donut... Ho- with, with doho nut <laughs> anyway? Doho nut. 
Podonut or Dohonut. I don't know which one I prefer. Um, but uh, wh- why? Like, if he's just going to be a fuckwit anyway, why didn't he just say, well, fuck you in your fair trial? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of questions I have. Well, it seems like he wanted to, like, his... His ideal scenario would be for Homer to go to hell for some reason. For some reason. Yeah, I imagine hell's fairly well populated, but he wants Homer down there. Sure. Instead, he curses him to live, a, you know, to live this awful life on Earth with his head shaped like a donut. Mm. Which, by the way, I was going to bring up uh, a few years back. You bought me a little uh, Simpson. I did. Uh, donut headed Homer. A little figurine. Yeah, which I still have around my house. Just, uh, was that was that on our? Bonus Christmas episode last year, or was that before? Was that pre-pod? That was pre-pod. That was a pre-pod Simpsons gift. Yes. Oh, tremendous. Yeah, what a world. What a world. And I said to myself, what a wonderful world. Yeah. Why'd your voice go all cracky there? <laughs> Just a, you know, throg in oh. my throat. Oh, a throg. <laughs> fucking, tre- <Yeah>. fucking <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. Also, very... A throg is like the, uh... Like the H.P. Lovecraft version of a frog, I think. Who's H.P. Lovecraft? He's the guy who did Cthulhu. Oh, I thought it was a printer you could find. And the Shoggoth and, you know, all those other creatures. I feel like the joke about a printer... Wait, a printer you could find? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Sorry, I did kind of bust it over. (laughs) Let me, let's rewind. What? (laughs) A H.P. Lovecraft, the printer you can fuck. Is that the ad copy? (laughs) New from Hewlett Packard. Have you wanted to fuck your inkjet? H.P. Lovecraft, a printer you can fuck. (laughs) (coughs) Alright. Hey, I'm Steve Banderson. If you're looking for a printer you can fuck. Wait, is that a name you invented or is that an actual person? Name I invented. (laughs) I'm not going to bring in a real person. I was terrified. (laughs) printer fucking I was terrified for a moment that you brought in a real person. I'm not going to milkshake Doug that quickly. (laughs) (laughs) You start calling out very specific influential people. Oh my god, imagine. Hey, but it's Bill Clinton. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that printer. Sometimes you just want to fuck a printer. <laughs> my Clinton's fallen off. I had a good Clinton at uh, some point. I'm not sure. No, I don't think mine was any good. I think no, yours I, is good. I, I think you're going for an older generation of Clinton than I am. Yeah, I'm going for that sort of like husky degenerate Clinton. Degenerate. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Um, uh, can I make any other jokes about fucking printers? Um, <laughs> I so not. Um, hey, do you have a toner boner? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, you don't fucking... want to get a paper jam, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, paper jam, my favorite movie starring Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan about stationery. Um, <laughs> you ready for this? No. <laughs> Terror at five and a half feet. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so this is based on a... There's a short story, but this is largely a parody of the Twilight Zone versions. I see. Of this particular story. A nightmare at 40,000 feet, I think. So in in the original series... In Paper Jam. Oh, God. (laughs) In Paper Jam, the movie starring Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan about stationery. do, Do you think they come up against a team... That focuses on like t-shirt creation, and the and, and they like. Well, you heard of the Dream Team? Well, we're the Silk Screen. I'm just glad you didn't say Cream Team. Like I'm really worried for Fuck. a <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jackal. 
Fucking hell. I really thought that's what you were setting up. <laughs> well, it's good to know that you think I was going to swing fucking hard. <laughs> so in the, um... Okay, the original episode of The Twilight Zone, we got William Shatner. Is this that Twilighty show about that zone? Yes. Yeah, cool. It was called uh, Black Mirror. So he's... He oh. looks out the window and he sees the, the goblin and he's like, God! And he gets really worked up. And then, uh, I see. And the second one in the movie, the Twilight Zone movie, the only good portion of that movie is again a remake of that episode, but with John Lithgow. Oh, looking out the window and I'm like, This is the third rock from the sun. I'm oh. John Lithgow. And then, um. I see. So, oh, so, so that's part of, um, that's a reference to the TV show in which. His son would collect and give rocks to his father. Yes. This is the third <laughs> rock from my son. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I see. And um, I saw the other day they're actually redoing it again because they're doing like a... I think Jordan Peele is hosting a new version of The Twilight Zone. Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, director of Get Out and uh, a bunch of other... He's done a bunch of other stuff. Sure. And they're going to do it again with Adam Scott as the guy on the plane. Is that the guy from the first season of Man vs. Food? No. <laughs> I see. <laughs> There's Adam Richmond. <laughs> oh, sure. And Jordan Peele, just under him, is there a Jordan Pith? <laughs> the way you were moving your hand there, like, this is going to be a fruit peeling joke of some kind. <laughs> You're like miming the peeling of a piece of fruit, <laughs> but by karate chopping it. <laughs> I was fruit and injuring my pith. <laughs> Very pithy joke. Thank you. Oh, oh. Mm. So yeah, Adam Scott, uh, if you are out there, we'd love to have you on, of course. Uh... I tweeted at you the other day, Adam Scott, and Scott Ackerman retweeted the tweet, and it got a bunch of favorites and likes, but Adam, you didn't follow up. Didn't hear from you. Adam Scott Ackerman. Yeah. What's the deal, Adam? Yeah. What is What's the deal? the deal with Adam Scott? Oh, I don't like Doesn't this. Doesn't respond to my tweets? Mm. Yeah. Terror at five and a half tweets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good. I brought it back to segment two. Oh, very nice. Um... Uh, thank goodness he's drawing attention away from my shirt. Ah, uh, Wang Computers. I Wang, want that shirt. Wang Computers. I reckon you could get that shirt on Redbubble easily. Almost. Uh, I and, think I have actually looked into it and you could, yes. And while you're on Redbubble, why not search Real Melvin or Pods in the Key of Springfield and yeah. get yourself a piece of merch? Oh, we haven't recorded since this. We had a t-shirt sale. Bum, 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 bum. And it, turned, it turned out to be someone who's always here except for when he's not. BT, one of the hosts of our very good friends, The Simpson Index. Very good. Thank you, BT. Thank you, BT. I was very, very excited that I made a sale of my shirt, (laughs) which no one else has been willing to buy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's fair. You bought the shirt. I bought the shirt. Yeah, Yeah, but it doesn't count if I buy my own shirt. So you haven't quite turned a profit on it yet. Uh, Well... Actually, yeah, because I oh yeah, because I bought mine. That yeah. means technically I'm a solid like twenty dollars, uh, twenty dollars down. So, oh, you can buy heaps of um, the Wang computers. Skinner has really bad hair in this episode. Oh, he's I haven't noticed the, the hair. He's on the bus at the start. And he's got a very weird side part. It's a pretty boring shirt, really. It is a pretty boring shirt. Yes. Yeah. Um, side part. Yeah. It's got a bad side part. It's uh, leaving a lot exposed. It's I don't know. It's making <clears throat> the. the uh, it's making his widow's peak look a bit more harsh than it needs to. It's mm, weird it, hair. Is, is that a Halloween styling choice? Oh, maybe. Maybe. He's trying to appear ghoulish. Ghoul. Because there is a ghoul in this one. A funny little green ghoul on the side of the bus. Funny little green ghoul. Funny little green ghoul. Now, early on, we got uh, we got Millhouse, we got Bart having a conversation. 
And Bart's like, hey, Milhouse, I'm your friend Bart. Please look out the window. And Milhouse says, Ugh, I'm not looking out the window. What can you tell me about Harvey and Squaler? But also he says, it's going to leave me open to wedgies, mm. wet willies, and the dreaded rear admiral. I looked this up on Urban Dictionary. Okay, because I know a wedgie is, yeah, you got to wedge that underpants. And then the, I really wanted you to say underpant. You've got to wedge <laughs> that underpant right into the buttock. Eat pant. And then the wet Wilson is when you stick. <laughs> it's when you get a netball, lick it and stick it in someone's ear. <laughs> and Tom Hanks says the devil appears. <laughs> and he yells at you for disrespecting his best friend. Oh, God. Rear Admiral. What can you tell me about the Rear Admiral? Urban Dictionary. Okay. The most reliable of all sources. Yes. Quotes an interview with The Simpsons creators. <laughs> so not a specific person, just The Simpsons creators. Okay. And the, in which they say that the Rear Admiral is not a thing and doesn't exist. It's just a phrase that came up in the writer's room and they thought it sounded dirty enough to be plausibly dirty. Okay. Not satisfied with that answer. I think okay. this is a... I don't know. What could it be? It's when you get a beer from the Lord Nelson Brewery. Okay. Named after Admiral Lord Nelson. And you Uh stick it up someone's bottom. Stick it up their bottom? Possibly. That seems rude. Or maybe you just pour it down their back and it's the rear admiral. Yeah, pour it down their back. So it eventually hits the crack. Who is the person on the... Springfield Elementary School bus who's going to have a bottle of South Australian... Or, or, well, maybe... No, I think it's Western Australian. But in any event, of Australian craft beer. Oh, Willie, I imagine. Wet Willie himself. Oh. <laughs> he's out there in the rain. Oh. He comes in. He's already been wet willied. All there's left for him is the rear admiral. Wait a moment. Wait a moment. Wait a moment. When Milhouse says he's going to be left open to a wet willy, does he in <laughs> fact mean the endampened groundskeeper? <laughs> Indifferent groundskeeper uh, is an entirely different move. Ah, oh, but I'm not leaning over. I'll leave myself open to the indifferent groundskeeper. <laughs> yeah. And what can you tell me about the HP Lovecraft? <laughs> Shit. God damn it. <laughs> well, we know that Willie's had an attraction to a tractor before. That's true. Wonder, he has. I wonder if his. Um, Oh, what's the word for the love of an inanimate object? Whatever that word is. I wonder if that extends to uh, printers. <laughs> I imagine it would. Interesting. <clears throat> huh. So, uh, yeah, this is the first appearance of Uta in this episode. I want to oh. talk about Uta a little bit, because sure. this is weird to me. Well, he went on to make that, that ride-sharing app. Yeah. <laughs> did, did he not? <laughs> yeah, he's got that marzipan-sharing app. <laughs> <He> just... <laughs> You order an Uta to your house and yeah, and it, it, a it's, little boy comes by in a bus. Because it, it, it's for when you don't want to put in the exercise. So instead of like, you know, book an Uta or something like that, the phrase they use is, please don't make me run, I'm full of chocolate. Yes. And you hit that and then a car comes and picks you up and it's, it's, it's wonderful. Now I'd like to talk about Uta. Sure. Some weird things about Uta. <clears throat> please. So Uta... Is, this is the first time we see Uta, but this is a Treehouse of Horror episode. These are not meant to be canon. That's this is not meant to be, you know, things that are actually happening within the Simpsons universe. That but we're introduced to this character, this weird child, mm. who uh, will start to appear in regular episodes. Mm. Now, Uta, unless I'm mistaken, Uta is the only child I can think about on the show who they eventually kill off. Interesting. Because there's a later season yes. where Homer is a food critic 
and there's an ongoing thing about Uta having mysteriously disappeared. Is that in a treehouse, though? No. Oh. Well, he does get killed in a treehouse as yeah, well, because sure. they eat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they have uh, mm. the, uh, the Uta broken, but in a later season. Mm. And there's another episode where it's implied that the bus drives away after they sneak into an excursion, Uta is left behind and possibly killed. But yes. in the episode where Homer becomes a food critic... There's an ongoing bit about nobody knowing where Uta is. Mm. And it ends up with Skinner at a restaurant with Uta's parents. Where he tells her, says, Did you hear? Homer's a food critic. And they say, Stop changing the subject. Where is Uta? We just want closure. I don't think you see Uta again after this. Huh. So I feel like Uta is a character who can cross between what? the canon dimensions what? of the Treehouse episodes... What? I feel like he's the only character who everything that happens to Uta is canon and exists within the world of The Simpsons, and they had to kill him off, you know, because he knew too much. Funny thing about canons is that the uh, Adelaide Parklands are a mile <laughs> wide because at the time that was further than a canon could shoot. So the yeah, canon would have further had... than Uta can run as well. <laughs> so, Please don't make me explode. I'm full of chocolate. Yeah, um, they would have had to come out into the clear open space. At which point they would have been, um, you know, in 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 Uta range. Yeah, Uda range. Uda range. So this is a this is a weird little thing. I think Uda is a a character who has more going on than we've perhaps yeah, that, envisioned. That he, is interesting. Because it's possible he's in line with some of the darker forces operating within Springfield. I wouldn't forces. wouldn't discount that possibility. Interesting. Do you think there are any clues in Martin's shirt? Because perhaps we've been reading it incorrectly. Perhaps Ooh. it's not a reference to Wang computers. Perhaps it is actually Wang comp. Uta. <laughs> Ooh, you think so? Yeah, possibly. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure what that means. I have to. So unpack you think that. Wang has been comping Uta for his uh, his interdimensional travels? Here's something I haven't done for a while. I'm just going to go into Anagram Corner for a little bit <laughs> and see if I can get anything out of Wang Computer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, while you're doing that, what else have I got in my notes here? So there's the little gremlin on the side of the bus. Yes. Little buddy boy needs to take care of it. And uh, I guess I'm sort of skipping over a lot of stuff here, but one thing that really strikes me here is that when he does eventually get the gremlin and the gremlin falls off and it hits Ned's car, Ned comes out. We have just seen in the previous segment that Ned was the devil. Yes. Now, he's an angel. Because it's the one you would least expect. Yeah. He's saving the little green ghoul. Little green ghouls, buddy. Don't write ghouls. I'm not. I'm going to travel. It's It's an interesting little inversion. Little green ghoul. Little inversion of Ned. I really like this segment, by the way. I think it's astonishingly funny. So, anagrams for Wang Comp, as in, yep, everything that's not Uta on the shirt. Okay. Two. There's Nor Comp. Nor Comp? As in G-N-A-W. Okay. As in an eating competition featuring Uta. Yes. Or there's Camp Gown. Camp Gown? Camp Gown. Camp Gown lady sing this song. Uda, Uda, <laughs> fuck! Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and here I was thinking Norg Comp, like Norm Comp, you know, there's something there, but uh, Norm Comp, yeah, yeah, Norm. Is that like the oh oh Norm? Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant like a fashion show for people that dress like the back characters in like, like the, the the extras in Seinfeld, Normcore, <laughs> but like a, a competition for those people, Norm Comp. Okay. No. Sure. sure. (laughs) I see. What do you mean it wasn't that incredibly specific bullshit thing I just invented? 
Uh, where fuck. does where does this segment rank in your in your segments in this episode? I think this is the best one. I think this one's really funny the whole way through. I don't know if really? I necessarily said that out loud. But no, uh, you haven't. I f- find that interesting, to be honest. I, it might be because I'm very fond of the episode that Twilight Zone is parodying. Sure, I think it's a spot on parody, and I love the. The weird specifics, like when they open the uh, when he opens the window and everything starts flying out, like mm. they're on a plane. Mm. Mm. I like that. Mm. I like that it's a funny little green ghoul crawling around. I a like the Kang green... and Kodos interstitial. Oh, I like Mole Man getting killed. Yes, we always like Mole Man getting killed. A very very violent explosion too. Um, the thing I find interesting about the the, the little gremlin ghoulie man, yeah, um, very similar head to Homer's character design. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's an intentional reference that Bart wrestling with his inner demons is in fact wrestling with his relationship with his father? Ooh, that seems like a very strong possibility. Because mm. usually it's I mean, a metaphor for a fear of flying. I mean, I'm not just here to talk about fucking printers. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll do literary analysis. I didn't come here to fuck printers. <laughs> I came here to undertake literary analysis and fuck printers, and I'm all out of literary analysis. <laughs> and also printers. <laughs> I did them both. Matter of fact, I might just go home. I am home. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> Alright. So the, um... That was weird. <laughs> Why, you don't like this bit so much? Well, the fucking printers bit. No, the fucking... The, the, the segment of the Treehouse of Horror. Oh, you seem very surprised that I liked it so much. It's my least favourite segment of these three. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, I not, got... enough, not enough legal proceedings for your taste? <laughs> exactly. There's not enough fucking meat for me to get into on the legal <laughs> the side. The Goblin deserved a fair trial. <laughs> um, I guess... Uh... Um, I don't know why I don't like it. It makes me really uncomfortable that... Um, everyone is dismissing it as Bart having a little hallucination when actually there is tangible evidence that something's going on. It makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> that he's not being listened to. Well, that's... And I've, I realise that's the central fucking plot, but... And that's very much what the Twilight Zone one is about, is yeah. Yeah, everyone thinks it's just a paranoid flyer. I mean, it works much more as a metaphor in the Twilight Zone where, like, a fear of flying is a more pronounced idea. I see. You know, maybe if they'd given Bart a re- like a particular specific reason for not wanting to go to school that day, mm. it would have been a little more coherent. Mm. Because, uh, you know, I guess I'm filling in that gap a little bit there just because I'm a fan of the original uh, source material. It does start with him having a nightmare about a, the bus crashing into a truck. Yeah. So it, it, it then follows that he is worried about mm. the bus trip because he's just had a horrible nightmare about the thing. But... I don't know. I just, I guess like... It's I think what, it would have been more logical yeah. if he had a test that day or something they just ah, didn't want sure. to take. Because then he's got that fear of arriving and mm. the fear of the journey. And, yeah. I see. Because for me, it's one of those things where I'm sitting there going, why isn't anyone listening to him? There is clear, tangible evidence that something's going wrong. So, See, part of why I like this one is I think it is the most tangibly scary of the three of them. Yeah, sure. And I said, like, I've watched these so many times. Like, these, you know, they don't even register as quote-unquote horror, but I think this one actually does have some some nice little stuff. Like, the image at the end of the little ghoul holding up Ned's severed head, mm. you know, that, that's pretty good. It's Ned, a little creepy thing. Ned's severed head <clears throat> must be a band name. Yeah, probably. <laughs> check. You going to look them up? Yeah, I'm going to see if it's a thing. Okay. Ned's severed 
Head. Include band. Band. Otherwise, you're going to get some very unpleasant results. Oh, there's a band called Severed Heads. They're an Australian electronic music group founded in 1979, but not Ned Severed Head. Little to do with uh, Flanders. Little to do with our Flanders. I do like uh, Mm. this whole idea of, you know, they look out the bus and they don't see any damage. And somebody says, there's no monster. And then little Ralph says, you're deceptive. That's a good, that's a good line. Good line by little Ralph. Little Ralph. Little Ralph. Little Ralph. Little Ralph. All right. Yeah. Little Ralph sounds like a SoundCloud rapper. (laughs) Does he? Yeah, one of those like mumble core or whatever they're called. (laughs) Let's uh, let's not look that one up. We don't need to know if there's a little Ralph out there. And and I will also not try to make pop culture references to to scenes (laughs) that I don't understand. I just hear other podcasts talking about mumblecore, and I've, I felt like it was a word I wanted to say out loud. I don't know. Is mumblecore even a style of music? I've always associated it more with cinema. No, I think... Well, maybe I'm getting my terms myself. I think mumble rap is a thing now. Okay. With, like, little little Xanax. Little Xanax? Little Zanny, I think. Well, is this, he's, like, he's ASMR like, rap, or...? No, it's like... One of those... Alright, so... Segment three. Dracula. Dracul. Yeah. Um, I like that um, uh, Marge says, did you all wash your necks like Mr. Burns asked you to? That's nice. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you remember to wash your neck before this recording? I don't know that I've ever consciously made an effort of washing my... Oh, no, that's not true. If I've got really, really bad sunburn and I've put like a lot of that kind of aloe vera gel on it, yeah. you need to wash your neck to get that stuff off. Okay, well, neck, this is an intervention. Somebody needs to tell you your neck is filthy. Do you mean like in a kinky kind of way? The accumulated muck and grime from 31 years of neck abuse is really built up. Can you say the word detritus? Detritus? I just said, yeah. Neck, your neck is crusted with detritus. Crusted with detritus. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, one of my favorite mumblecore uh, groups. (laughs) I know you think you have a beard. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) That is just discoloration of your skin. That's just filth. That is permanent discoloration. (laughs) Well, I do live Because a a beard is not meant to go all the way around the neck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do live in a state of squalor, according to some. (laughs) Oh, this place is fine. That's mostly fine. <laughs> so this is Bart Simpson's Dracula, which is, of course, a Frankenstein Who? parody. Who? Little buddy boy. Oh, little buddy boy. A Frankenstein parody. So this yeah. is Mary Shelley's Dracula. Yeah. I just read a Junji Ito adaptation of Frankenstein, and I enjoyed it a great deal. Right. He's a Japanese horror artist. I'm sure I've mentioned him on here. I'm thinking about Junji Ito most of the day. I see. Every day I'm Junji-ing. Well, um, sure. Yeah. So yeah, this is a there's a there's a Dracula in this one, right? A big old Dracula. I see. Just wandering around, drinking blood, making mischief, just uh, having a bit of a laugh. Dracula. Yeah, right. big old Dracula. I so, don't think I've I don't think I've ever seen any of the Dracula uh, movies or read any of the Dracula books. I don't think I have either. I'm not that no. interested. No, nor am I. I'm sure they're good. It seems like mad bullshit to me. I'm pre- I think I have a copy of the Francis Ford Coppola one on DVD somewhere that somebody gave me. I also find I think it- maybe you see De Niro's dick in that movie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I also find it weird that... Dick Nero? <laughs> Robert Dick Nero. Yeah. Um, I also find it weird that um, uh, I remember being a kid and finding out, like, wait a minute, Transylvania is actually a place in Eastern Europe? Oh, I don't like this. This, this, like, I thought it was like some made-up magical place, like Arendelle from Frozen. 
<laughs> Turns out, no. You th- were thinking that as a kid? Well, no, but I'm, 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 I'm fleshing out the picture here. Turns out, no, we're just making fun of people that live fucking next to Bulgaria or yeah. wherever it is. Yeah. Feels weird. Rich with vampires there. I mean, apparently so. And of course, vampires are sexy now. Although maybe they're always kind of sexy. I don't know. I think I think there was an element of um, uh, uh, sexiness to them. Mm. Um, Seems like people have always kind of wanted to fuck vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting. And I think like think. people, you know, pointed Twilight as this grand new thing. It's like, no, this is just doing a very good job of like packaging a thing that's already existed and yeah. making it accessible to a youth market. Sure. Yes. Yes. Not that I've read Twilight. Uh, or intend to read Twilight. I haven't read it and I haven't seen any of the, the films. I'm thinking, like, I'm not super up on a lot of vampire stuff. I'm thinking I've read and watched Let the Right One In and all its adaptations. I watched most of True Blood, which is pretty bad. Sure. I read Joe Hill's book, uh, Nosferatu, but sure. it's spelled like a license plate. Terrible name for a pretty good book. Oh. Joe King, of course, being Stephen King's son. I see it. Uh, I said Joe Hill a moment ago. That's his pen name. Anyway, anyway, anywho. Right. Uh, vampires. Yeah, I have no interest in them. Um, but uh, I do enjoy, later on, Milhouse says, it's great being a vampire. You get a free small soda at the movies. What the fuck? It's a very strange policy. It's a very strange policy. Are they meant to imply that the... the bi- I mean, what are the big movie chains in America? I have no idea. Um AMC, that's AM, a, yeah, that's AMC, a, that's a, yeah, that's a chain of cinemas, right? Yep. Um, how the fuck did I pull that? <laughs> but uh, are they implying that there's some kind of <clears throat> pro-vampire policy? Is this meant to be like social commentary about the 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 blood-sucking <clears throat> politics of these big American movie chains? I went to see a movie at an AMC when I was last in the states. Only time I've ever been to see a movie in America. Mm. I went to see the movie Goosebumps, which I believe doesn't have any vampires in it. Interesting. Mm. So it's all interconnected. Mm. Didn't is, see the end mm. of the movie because there was an evacuation. Wow. And I had to wait for it to pop up on streaming service Stan years later. At one point, did you think, wow, they've really gone interactive mm. for this kid's scary movie. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're telling us that we're all going to die and they're making us leave the building. I did get attacked by a pumpkin man as well on the way out. A pumpkin man? Yeah. Head made out of pumpkin, body made out of other pumpkins. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, why didn't you just simply... Oh, this joke's not going to work for a, my preferred way of speaking in Australian English, but why didn't you merely squash him? Ooh. Squash is kind of in the pumpkin family, kind of. <laughs> not, not, not really. You're taking apart your why, own pumpkin joke. Why didn't you butter his nuts? <laughs> They're already buttered. I, I see. His um, name was Jacko. Uh, and then he was a lantern. Um, and then you were very sad, and you flew into the top eastern part of Australia. And then they referred to you as having the Queensland blues. That's another type of pumpkin. <laughs> uh, do I know any other pumpkin varieties off the top of my head? Um, Already uh, a bit of a stretch, frankly. <laughs> and I can't think of any other type of pumpkins. Okay, that's probably for the best. Yeah. The uh, the animation on the the Dracula shadow is a lot of fun when he's here doing a cat's cradle, he's playing with a yo-yo, doing all his stuff. You know, one of the interesting things about pumpkins at Halloween is that if you do want to um, interact sexually with an inanimate object, you've got two choices: you can fuck a printer or jack a lantern. Oh my god! 
I'm swinging surprisingly hard in this episode. <laughs> uh, fucking apprentice doesn't really tie into that either. I know. I just wanted to use the phrase. Ah, 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 ah. One, one horrendous joke. Ah, ah, ah. Not just one. I think oh, at this point, that's that's an interesting point. Is Count von Count from The Simpsons? Is he one of the blood sucking vampires, or are there benign vampires? Is there a Count von Count in The Simpsons? Oh, sorry, not in The Simpsons. In the fucking <laughs> in Sesame Street. <laughs> okay. In the world of the Muppets. <laughs> sorry, I fucked that fairly hard. I do think Count von Count does make an appearance in The Simpsons, though. It's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, I think there's some sort of Muppet-related madness later in the show. Muppet-related madness. Yeah, Muppet madness. Um, uh, 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 but uh. Is, is Count Von Count from, from Sesame Street, from, from the children's television workshop, is he one of the bloodsucker vampires, or are there benign vampires? There might be benign vampires. Yeah, he seems like, I don't know, he's pretty felty. He doesn't seem like he's got like, the internal organs required. Felty. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. The uh, 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 singer from Goldfinger who produced the last Blink-182 album. Ter- terrible. <laughs> joke his name's Feldman Felty don't think that even counts as a joke it's not it's bullshit so like hey this guy's got a kind of similar name kind of similar they call him Feldy um Felty I hope that felt good to say oh 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 he did it oh the Muppets but uh, because my understanding of vampire lore is that as in L-O-R-E is that um, they they are you not well versed in vampire law? L A W. You never had to defend a vampire. I'm not a resident of Transylvania. Yeah, you don't have to attend night court. <laughs> just a set of vampire disputes. No, I haven't. But night court, K N I G H T. Very familiar with that. <laughs> oh, you dented my shining armor. <laughs> this case is Batty. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Twelve. Twelve angry men. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Fucking A. Um, um, hmm. If the jury doesn't decide by morning, I'm finished. <laughs> if the cape does not fit, you must acquit. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Stop being counting jokes now. Um, Pretty good, though. Ah, oh, yeah. Fuck. Um, oh, hmm, what was I going to say about anything? <laughs> Uh, you know, my understanding is that they require blood to stay alive. So, what's Count von Count's deal in Maybe... this our podcast about Sesame Street? <laughs> Maybe he just like needs numbers to survive. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. So he's harvesting the blood of numbers. <laughs> well, he's har- he's harvesting the uh, the numbers at least of the. I don't know. I don't know what the Count's deal is. Yeah, fair if enough. If Jim Henson would like to write in. <laughs> Don't think he's capable of writing anymore. Unless he himself has become Fuck. a member of the undead. Fuck. He is does one beer. Fucking hell. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, wow. Now one of the one of the rules Surely there must have been a temptation to use his courts as a puppet. <laughs> right? Oh my god, I hope not. <laughs> right, okay. Just him and Kermit just uh, palling yeah. around. Just just marionetting around the place. Uh, weekend at Henny's. Now, uh, when <laughs> one of the one of the rules in vampire law, and that's L O R E. Interesting. A, yeah. Now, um, one of the rules of vampire law is that a vampire needs to be invited into a place sure. before they can enter. Typically, typically doesn't seem to be the case here. Bud just bursts right into Lisa's room without any invitation. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a very good point. 
Do you think that came from the fact that vampires... Maybe they're not Transylvanian. Maybe they're British. Well, these are Pennsylvanian vampires in this oh, yeah, one. Pennsylvania. Yeah, so they're just playing fast and loose. And yeah. the vampires look very ghoulish in uh, Burns' lair. They do look very ghoulish. Mm. Um, maybe... It, uh, no, that joke's too niche. Um, <laughs> I don't know that it is. What is oh, it? Oh, no, it would have been. I was like, maybe the Pennsylvanian vampire is when Las Vegas magician Pendlet made an appearance on the first ever Australian reality TV show, Sylvania Waters. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, this should be fine. No. No. <laughs> what the fuck is Sylvania Waters? Sylvania Waters. Is that like based on those little like dolls you can get? The Sylvanian families? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Sylvania Waters is a suburb outside of Melbourne, and in the early '80s, the first reality TV show was a um, a weekly show where they followed this family around, and apparently the the family hates it because it was as all reality TV is edited very, very poorly. So yeah. even though, you know, the the father of the family, he might have had two beers during the week, but every time they show him, he's holding one of those beers. So it looked like he was just <laughs> constantly smashing the piss, as we would say here in Australia. Uh, and the whole family was fighting all the time. And yeah. And then Benjamin would come in and just... I'd be like, now this guy, this bastard is bullshit. <laughs> Put down your fucking beer. Yeah. Ah, anyway. Swinging a lot harder against Pendulette than I anticipated. I, I, I quite like Pendulette. It's probably fine. Lisa seems very clued in on vampire lore in this one. She seems to know what the deal is. Yeah, Except for, you know, knowing to let the right one in. She isn't aware of that rule. Wasn't aware of that rule. Yeah, so that's strange. So they're going to kill the head vampire. Mm. Homer grabs a stake and rams it into the old man's crotch. Mm. That's a weird joke. Yeah, that was weird. That it doesn't wake him up. Weird that he can't recognize the difference between a crotch and a chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't he? um, I mean, is that? And look, if in the middle of the night somebody started to ram a wooden stake through my junk, I reckon I'd wake up midway through, like, oh man, just don't care for this. (laughs) Can't be doing with this. Yeah, Um, it's three in the morning. We need to bring back can't be doing with this, by the way. <laughs> can't be doing... It is a good turn of phrase. I really enjoyed when Because we, we used to be big on that phrase. Yes. Um, can't be doing with this. Can't be doing with this. Um, fucking... What was I going to say about the, the Homer and the thing? Yeah, because it's... I could see... If that joke was on Married with Children... Yeah. It would have been... You have to <laughs> drop... that famous episode where they hunt vampires. Yeah. Uh, Married with children, colon, vampire hunters. Um, it would have been... Al, we've got to hunt the vampire. It would have... Uh, no peg. It would have been, Al, you got to drive the stake through his brain. <laughs> and then he would have started hammering the stake. And he's like... And, and then Peg would have been like, Al, that's his genitals. And they're like, oh, sorry, Peg. I thought men think with their genitals. And then um, Bud would be trying to fuck a sexy woman vampire. Yes. Yeah. But... That's not how they play the joke because they don't say brain, they say heart, and it is not a common stupid man in fiction trope for men to have their hearts where their genitals are. Hmm, interesting. Brains, I can see that joke working in a. But that's a zombie, of course. You have to, you have to take yes. the brain from the zombie, the heart from the vampire. Yes, and then. You, the... I don't hate you defeat a werewolf. Oh, you just shoot it with a silver bullet. Doesn't matter where. Oh, right. What about a mummy? Wait. So hang on, brain for the zombie. Yeah. Heart for does one here. And then what does the Tin Man need? 
Tin Man just needs to believe in himself, and then he'll fuck right off. All right. So, yeah. so you kill a werewolf by making the werewolf believe in itself. You just <laughs> sit it down and say, "No, seriously, this art's really yeah. good." <laughs> yeah, basically every mythological creature you just have to sit down, like, look, the thing you're looking for, you've already got it. I mean, blood pumping through your very heart right now, bro. If you kill a werewolf, mm. do you change the conjugation and it becomes a worn wolf, like a like past tense? It becomes a was wolf. Oh, uh, we've used we've used different. Aren't, aren't homophones fun? We've I guess used, we've used different words of where. <laughs> this has been an episode of aren't homonyms fun? No, homophones, not homonyms. Well, okay. I mean, it could be both. I'm talking about where, as in the act of putting something on that's a piece of clothing. Yeah. You're talking about where, as in fucking whatever it was that you were talking about. <laughs> they have different meanings. Yeah, I know, I know. It's fine. Everything's fine. <sighs> I don't know how many more knots we can tie and then have to untie. I have no idea. Okay, my final note here. Sorry, that that was a sub... Uh, that that was a sub interstitial of Aunt Homophones Fun called <laughs> Aunt Homonyms Not Fun. <laughs> anyway, my last note here is that I'm really glad that Marge gets to be the head vampire. I think that's that's a nice little thing for yeah, Marge that's to kind, have. That's kind of fun. Yeah, you know, we've talked before. Marge doesn't get enough to do sometimes. Mm. And as she says here, you know, I do have a life outside this house. I'm Marge. I'm a vampire. So Marge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then she tries to order a coffee. See? Oh. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Love uh, it. Uh, v A. M P I R A. And then, then you get absolute fucking whiplash from the ending. Yeah. Where everyone's about to kill Lisa, they turn to the camera, Happy Halloween, it starts snowing, and then they all start doing another impression of the Peanuts Christmas special. Yeah. Oh, what a baffling ending. Yeah. Would you like some peanuts, by the way? I got some in my pocket right here. Why are you carrying a pocket full of peanuts around? Well, don't you? No. I keep them in the shell, so you crack the shell open, and then you got a nice peanutty snack. So you don't even have them in a bag; you just have a loose pocket full. Uh, you have a. But they're in the shell, of... so they stay clean. There's not much lint on my nuts. <laughs> That's the joke I went with, baby, and I stand by it. There's not much lint on my nuts. So this is me posing the cave of Springfield. Uh... <sighs> Very intellectual, <laughs> stimulating been, podcast. This has been Lint in the Key of Nutsfield. And this has been our Halloween episode in this, the month of November. <laughs> Late November, <laughs> I, I imagine, by the time this one goes up. Yeah, because we, I guess we just didn't think it through, really. But, uh, yeah, uh, anything else to say? Do you have any more notes? You got one you haven't crossed out. Whiplash from the end. Okay, very good. Whiplash, of course, the, uh, the movie starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Directed by, oh, I should have known that guy's name before I went into that. Uh, the guy who did La La Land, a first man. Oh, Whiplash was the drumming film. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Yeah, always like drumming. He's like, okay, do it again. Okay, that's not my tempo. Go again. Okay, okay, try it again. You motherfucker! Why can't you get it right? Good movie. I really like it. Seems a little aggressive. It is aggressive. Mm. But then he plays the drums well. Oh. J.K. Simmons is very angry at him. Right. And he's wearing like this uh, black shirt the whole time just to show off how buff he is now. Because oh. J.K. Simmons has gotten really good shape just quietly, like without anyone noticing. Right. At some point. I wasn't aware that there was a person called J.K. Simmons. <laughs> and then people are like, hey, you're doing that for a role? He's like, no, man, I just wanted to do it for myself. I'm J.K. Simmons. Right. Interesting. Joe yeah. King Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joe King, author of Nosfor A2. Nosfor A2. Yes. Mm. Son of Stephen King mm. and star of uh, Little Drummer Boy. So this has been Pause of the Key of Springfield, a, uh, a intelligent breakdown of The Simpsons. <laughs> and, uh, 
Or a non-intelligent breakdown of two lifelong friends. It is a definite breakdown on some level. This episode's gone completely bonkers. Uh, you can find us on social networks. Just you know, search for our name. You can email us, podsinthekeepspringfield at gmail.com. Uh, that's it really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I had anything of a line. Um, uh, a wuzzle. You gave me no fucking time. <laughs> fuck. I need to think of, I barely finished saying I need to think of a line and you immediately jump in with your line. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, I've got one. Okay. Go again? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, where's a wuzzle? Super fun happy slide. Very good. Shake this, make some noise. What is that? Is that fish food? Looks like fish food. <laughs> no, that sounds horrible. Uh, no, this is a, um, a, a a tub of a thing called Mod Podge. <laughs> Mod Podge. <laughs> Mod Podge. It is a, uh, a a an acrylic sealer. Ah, that's the worst supplement I've ever seen. <laughs> it's it's an acrylic sealer for a um, water based sealer, glue and finish. Okay. Oh, okay, it's not acrylic; it's water based. Um, for a uh, a little craft project I'm doing at the moment. A little Nick, craft. it says non toxic. Oh, that's a oh, plus. That's a plus. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just here for fun. And if you shake it into the mic, it sounds horrifying. I love that Mod Podge is the name they sell it on. Mod Podge. Uh, how about Mod Podge? Rod, Todd. Mod. Mod Podge. <laughs> this is your new brother, Mod Podge. Mod Podge. Uh, Rog and Podge. That was a British kids' TV show. I bet it was. I think that's enough. Yeah. <laughs>